Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Um, as I, as I kind of just intro this, um, our series text will be on the screen, but I want you to get to Acts 12. This is where we're going to go today. If you have your Bibles, Acts 12. As I was working on this this week, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, you are on assignment to destroy internal limitations today. You're on assignment to destroy internal limitations today. And Pastor Jesse read the mail, and he did not read my notes. I confirmed with him before service. Our security team was around when we confirmed that, just so we have a witness. Let every word be established. Uh, and I just want to say that there was, there's just been overwhelming confirmation, and you are not here by accident. I, I want to just see a show of hands so that there's others that do not feel alone, but have you felt like you have just been fought this week? Look at this. You feel like you've been fought this week. You feel like there's just been this pushback. There's been this um, adversity, whether, whether mentally or physically or on the job or in your relationships. Maybe you even fought with your spouse on the way to church this morning or your children were, uh, you know, oppressed by some other reality today. Uh, it, you know, the cereal was spoiled you know, you know what I'm talking about the, yeah, it the the car wasn't working right or or something happened and you just felt like pushback this week. Anybody in the house? You just felt some pushback. You felt some resistance. Over your life today, I declare that there is a freedom. There is a liberty, and there are chains that are breaking off of you even as we speak here today. That you're going to walk out of here with a newfound hope, a newfound joy, and a new perspective on where God is taking you and what he's already called you to. So today I pray that blinders are lifted, that our hearts are open, and that there is supernatural revelation in this place by the mighty power of the name of Jesus. Someone said amen. Amen. Someone said I, my mind is open, my heart is ready. I receive it, I believe it, do it, Jesus. If you believe that, would you just put your hands together and just thank him for what's about to happen in this house today. Matthew 16, verse 18 through 19, this has been our series text. Uh, this is going to be uh, in the NIV for today's uh, talk. And it says, and I tell you that you are Peter. Peter's kind of been the theme in Acts so far and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates, everybody say gates. I cannot get past this word through this series. There's something about this that until we break through some of these gates, we're just going to stay right here. Is that all right? I just, there are some gates that are, are right now in front of you that absolutely need to be thrown open. There are some things that you feel are stopping you. And God is just imparting to you that you are unstoppable. And the reason why you're feeling the resistance is because there is a gate in front of you. And the devil knows, the enemy knows that you are an unstoppable force. And he's going to do everything he can to prevent you from advancing. So today, I believe there's going to be kingdom advancement in your life. And the gates of Hades or hell will not overcome it. And I will give you, someone said that's me. 
the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Right there gives us the understanding and the identity and the purpose that you have power both in heaven and earth. Uh, maybe, maybe that's just too much for the modern Christian today. But I, I want to get, I want to break through some internal limitations. With that thought in mind, let's go to Acts 12. And this is where we're going to spend our time. In fact, we're going to spend our time in only 10 verses today. Is that okay? 10 verses. We're going to unpack this as best as I possibly can with the help of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 12, verse 6. It says, the night before Peter was placed on trial, he was asleep. That bothers me. Because if there's something big going to happen, you know what I mean? You got a big day the next day. I'm going to have a hard time sleeping. Um, if, if there's a big meeting you, you have to have the next day. There's a confrontation you're going to have to have, a, a talk you're going to have. Some of us, we have a hard time sleeping right? This, this constant worry, the anxiety, the fretting kind of just sets in. And, and even if maybe there's a big event, maybe you're getting ready to go on a big trip, just the excitement of it, you have a hard time falling asleep. But the night before the trial, Peter was asleep. And I just want to help a child of God realize that sometimes God comes through and will give you supernatural rest the night before you have to have it. The night before. Some of you are in the night season. You're in the night before. And God wants to remind you today that the night before is when he shows up. God does his best work in the night seasons. Because he still is the light of the world. I, I just... Light, light is hard to shine in light. It's, you ever taken a flashlight outside when it's daylight? It's hard to see that light. But you shine that light in the middle of darkness. God does his best work and shines his brightest in your darkest seasons. He was fastened with two chains. That's not the wrapper. Between two soldiers. Just, just clarifying here. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Someone say the prison gate. The prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him. You ever been slapped by an angel? And I'm not talking about your wife. Sometimes, sometimes God needs to pop you upside the head. Bring back my roots today. You just heard that California... White boy, white chocolate, just talk. All right, so <laughs> that's kind of how I grew up. But sometimes you just need to be struck upside your head to awaken. And sometimes some hardship is exactly the strike that you need. The angel stood before Peter, struck him to awaken him, and said, Quick, get up. Someone say, get up. And the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, get dressed. Sounds like a child, right? This is what we do in the morning with Mariah. Get dressed. Put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat, Peter. And follow me. And the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. 
They passed the first and second guard post and came to the iron gate. Someone say the iron gate. Leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. You ever have moments where you just feel like the presence of God leaves you? You ever been in that moment where you just feel so dry, so worn out, at the place where you just don't know if God is even hearing your, your prayers or seeing your tears or if He even cares about your existence? Is, is it, am I talking to any real people in the house today? You just feel like sometimes just God just leaves you and you're left to fend for yourself. The children of Israel experienced this when they went into the promised land. They had experienced 40 years of manna and provision, water out of a rock, bitter waters turned to sweet waters, manna every day, which manna is not some special thing. It literally means what is it? Some of us are in a what is it season. What is this? What's going on? What's happening to me? And they ate quail and, and lived on that for 40 years. I don't know about you, but there's some things I just cannot eat every day. But yet 40 years, they live off the provision of God. And then they step into the promised land in Cana. And what does the Bible say? And that day, the manna stopped. Sometimes, God will provide in seasons to lead you into the next to let you know that what he has done in the past, he is faithful to complete in you into the future. And sometimes he is taking the training wheels off so that you can advance the kingdom because the keys have been handed to you now. They've been transferred to you to actually do something with it and about it. It's not just left up to a spoon-feeding God anymore. Now it's left up to us as kingdom advancers to continue to fight forward. That's why the Bible says, And the kingdom suffereth violent, but the violent take it by force. I, all right, we're, let's go back. Let's get back in here. Peter finally came to his senses. And I just feel like that's going to be somebody here today. You're finally going to come to your senses. It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from the Jewish leaders that had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. That sounds like a great spot. He knocked on the door in the gate. Someone say, in the gate. There's three gates here. And the servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door for the escaped prisoner, for the guy they're praying for, for the answer that is knocking at their door. Instead of opening it, she runs back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. And when she insisted, they decided. They decided. Ah, it's his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. <laughs> Not everything that you think is an angel is an angel. And when they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. When they finally opened the door and they saw him, they were amazed. I, don't, I just want to talk for the next few moments on unstoppable gatekeepers. 
unstoppable gatekeepers. Three gates that I want to talk through. Uh, psychology has done some studies and research. Declan, can we pull up some of those, uh, those ink blots? Um, they've done some research, and they've, they've done these ink blots where they put the ink on the paper, and they close it up, and then they open it, and they ask their, their clients, their patients, hey, what does this look like? And many of us have maybe even seen these illustrations before. Uh, my wife showed me one the other day uh, that it took us forever to figure this out of what it actually looked like and what it represented. We were trying to figure out, well, it looks like a, a dog or it looks like a, a butterfly or it looks like a, a moth. It looks, it looks, and we're trying to figure this out. Uh, well, let's pull up another one. What in the world is that? It... Is it two people? You know, is this, is this, what, what is, what does this represent? Let's pull up the next one. When we look at, when we look at this one, what, what are we looking at? Are we looking at two monks pressing their hands together? I, I don't know. Are, are, what, what are we looking at? Are, are we looking at someone that had their legs cut out from under them? I don't, I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Let's pull up the next one. Batman gone rogue? I, I don't know. I don't know. The butterfly in the middle, maybe it's a bow tie and it's a tuxedo. I, I really don't know. And when we start looking at this, what do we do with our mind? We start trying to make sense of something that may actually not have any meaning at all. Because what is on that page is simply ink. There was no artist. There was no one who tried to design it. There was nobody who tried to fabricate it. It was ink on a page. Close it up. Now tell me what you see. And some of us are trying to make sense of some things that only God has created and designed. Some of us are trying to make sense of the things, trying to figure some things out. And what happens is your reality is created by what you see. The reality that you are in is created by what you see. And Peter, if we notice, as he is released from prison, he is walking, he thinks this is a vision. The Bible said he did not even realize that this was actually happening. Some of you are walking in a miracle right now, and you don't even realize what is actually happening. Some of you are getting set free as I speak today, and you don't even realize what is actually happening happening some of you are here today and you are oblivious because you're seeing things that are not reality and trying to make sense of it and God's like if you will stop trying to make sense of it and just trust me let me lead you and I will take care of the rest and when you realize that this is actually happening there is a freedom and a liberty that starts coming on you when you realize God is still in control and not me When the impossible begins to seem logical, you realize, I, I, because many of us are stuck in that, it's not real, it's impossible. Three gates, three gatekeepers, and these three gates are everything that we deal with in our own life. And the, the, the benefit of a gatekeeper is this, gatekeepers decide what they let in, and what they let out. And Jesus said, I have given you 
the keys to the gate. You have been spiritually imparted to to become a kingdom gatekeeper. You are the gatekeeper of your own heart. You're the gatekeeper of your own mind. You're the gatekeeper of your soul today. You are the gatekeeper. And while we don't like that self-revelation today, because that self-revelation means that I am responsible for me. I'm responsible for my feelings. I'm responsible for my reactions and actions. I am responsible. And today, God is going to set you free from some internal limitations. The first gate that we find in our life is the prison gate. The prison gate. What are you keeping in that needs to be let out? What are the things that you have locked deep down inside your heart today? What is the bitterness of the offense that someone else did? Maybe unintentionally. Maybe it's even envy or jealousy. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's, it's a deep, deep-seated wound from your childhood. You don't want to look that deep. You'd rather be on the surface. But somewhere along the way, you took to heart some hurtful things, some painful things. You're dealing with, maybe, maybe you are here and your ex really messed you up. Maybe you're dealing with some problems emotionally and, and, and maybe it's been spiritual things that you've had a problem with. God hasn't answered the way you thought He would. The loved one died when you prayed for their healing. The disease kept coming back. The pain kept resurfacing. Maybe there was some things that you just, you got locked in your heart and threw away the key because it seems impossible to ever be free from that thing. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but I feel like there's many in this house and online that you have taken inside of you pain and hardship. You have internalized it so deep within you that if that thing were to ever be let free, let out, you don't even know who you would be. Because it's become part of your identity. You have kept Peter in the prison. You've kept him locked up. You've kept that thing so buried deep down inside of you. And yet you hate yourself every time you have those emotions resurface. When you look yourself in the mirror, you hate the person that you have become. You do something that you instantly regret and you're angry and you're upset that you keep doing the things that you don't want to do. Am I talking to anybody in the house today? There's some things deep down inside that are locked up between two prison guards. Chained with two chains. Locked down deep inside, inside your heart. And Peter didn't realize that it was real. Just like many of us think that we can't be healed. That we can't be free. That we can't be whole. It's impossible for us to ever be happy. We can't see a future beyond the present suffering and pain. And what we're doing is we have allowed a spirit of lying to get on our heart and into our mind. It's not that you're lying with your lips as much as you are lying with your heart and your mind. You're lying that you'll never be free. 
You're lying that you'll never be whole. You're lying that you'll never be able to get to where you want to be. You cannot see. You have dreams and ambitions, but you have been hurt so much along the way. You've had disappointment after disappointment. You've had discouragement and depression. And you've done all this, worked all this hard to get to this point, And yet nothing is pay, nothing's proving its worth. And deep down inside, it's locked up and you're like, I can't ever see how this impossible thing can happen. And what we're doing is we end up lying to ourselves. Jesus did not come and die on a cross, buried for three days, conquered death, hell, and the grave for you to continue lying to yourself about how you can't be free, how you can't be healed, how you can't be whole, how you can't be saved. How you can't have a better future. How you can't be delivered from generational curses. How you can't be set free from the bondage you're in. How you can't have emotional stability. How you can't be set free from depression. How you can't have, how you can't and you won't do. And we're lying to ourselves. And there today needs to be a changing of the guard. There are only two guards, the Bible says, that needs to follow you. It's not ones that are found in a prison cell locked and, and, and chained to a wall by your own spiritual and emotional deception. But these two guards, the changing of the guard, needs to happen. That if I will live and dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, then goodness and mercy will follow me the rest of the days of my life. I want to free you. Because there's two guards that are waiting to take their place. You've been locked up in the prison gate and you have the keys today to set yourself free because Jesus has already paid the price, set the captive free, bound the wounded heart, liberated the captives. And he said, I'm giving you goodness and mercy to follow you. There's a changing of the guard. Would you lift your hands in this house today? I just feel that there is a moment right now where God is changing the guards in your mind and heart. There's a changing of the guard that's happening right now. Come on, he's giving you insight to see his goodness, not your failure. He's giving you eyes to see his mercy instead of your sin. He's giving you back your senses that have been so disoriented because of the darkness of the prison cell you're in. Today, I speak light into that prison that there is a suddenly moment that light will surround you that though you fall you may arise and though you sit in darkness may the spirit of the lord be a light around about you i believe this and we pray it in jesus name someone said amen can you put your hands together for it there's a changing of the guard today how do you get yourself out of the lying trap Write this down. You're taking notes. Write this down. This needs to be a daily affirmation in your life. Write it on your mirror. Put it on your steering wheel. I don't care. Write it on your forehead. Be a weirdo. I don't care. I was designed for this. Period. I was designed for this. Period. No ifs. No buts, no ands. I was designed for this. I will say this. You were designed for what you're in, even if you're living beneath your potential. You're designed for it. 
There's a DNA that God has woven in you to be unstoppable. There is not one person that he has created that is a stoppable force. He has created you to be unstoppable. I was designed for this. Someone say that with me. I was designed for this. See, God wants to lead you like he led Peter out. He wants to lead you into a life that you were designed for. Not, he wants to lead you not just into the life he designed for you, but he wants to lead you out of the life that you have created for yourself into the life he has created for you. We have created our own prison cells. And if you start rattling the cage of that prison cell, you're going to realize that it's just simply imaginary painted cardboard. That you have more power and, and tenacity and strength within you than you could ever imagine. And the prison you find yourself in is nothing. It is just a false, fake reality that we have constructed in a life that we've created, but we're not designed to live in. So to talk with and walk with God truly free, you're going to have to leave the prison. And we were worshiping today, and I just felt like the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, just tell somebody today that the wounds that they have, if they'll put them on my wounds, I will heal them. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, come on, somebody say it with me, I am healed. If you'll put your wounds on his, his blood still works for your healing. Pastor, how do I get out of the prison? Three things, write it down. How do I get out of the prison? Get up, get dressed, and follow. That's not from psychology today. That's from Acts chapter 12, verse 6 through 16. Peter, get up. Peter, get dressed. Peter, follow. The key to you leaving your prison today is by getting up, getting dressed, and following Jesus. The next gate, we will hurry today. The next gate was the city gate. The city gate. Everybody say city gate. It's the city gate. They get to the iron gate, and this is the moment that the Bible says opens up for them by itself. See, once you leave your prison cell, once you get past the prison gate, there's going to be gates that you approach that God will open automatically for you. But it is still your responsibility to walk through it. Even though the gate may open, you still have to have the boldness and the bravery to walk through the gates. This is where your dreams become reality. This is where your external limitations begins to fall off and you begin to step into a brand new reality where revelation begins to be married to the hopes and dreams that you have had. And I, 
I had to write it down this morning. I just, I just had such a download during worship today. And the Holy Spirit said, tell someone to say that. Tell them this. You're not to worry about it any longer. You're not to worry about it any longer. I don't know what you've been worried about. I, 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 I don't know what you've been consumed with. But there is a gate that is opening wide for you today that the Holy Spirit is telling you you're not going to have to worry about it any longer. There's things that are happening right now that you don't even realize because you haven't yet come to your senses. Peter thought it was a vision. He thought it was a dream until he walked through the city gate. And when he stepped beyond the city gate, the angel left and he realized, this is what the Bible says, he realized, he came to his senses and realized that this is happening. And some of us are on that precipice right now. The gate has swung open. There is a city gate for you that God is opening up in front of you. And he is, he is willing you, hoping wanting, calling to you to take a step of bravery and courage, a step of, of excellence, a step of, of absolute unstoppable force forward to awaken to a new reality and life that He has designed for you. And this gate you did not have to knock on. This gate you did not have to unlock. This gate, you didn't have to do anything except for just show up. And when you show up, God takes the key, throws the gate open, and then it's your responsibility to take the next step. Take the next step. And the battle that you're facing with this is fear. So I'm praying a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind over you today. Because victory is going to happen when you realize that this is the place where my inheritance meets my revelation. When you realize that this is true, nothing can stop you. So let me read to you just a few things I wrote down of your inheritance as a child of God. I want to just remind you because you think your inheritance is being broke. You think your inheritance is staying sick. You think your inheritance is always dealing with the ex. You think your inheritance is always dealing with the disgruntled coworker. You think your experience is something else. But let me bring you into reality and snap your senses back into place today. The Bible says things like inheritance or your portion or heritage. So let me just read to you just some things that the Bible said. In fact, Peter says some things like this. That your heritage and your inheritance is imperishable. That your inheritance, your portion is unspoiled. It's unfailing. It's reserved in heaven for you. So let me remind you of what the Old Testament said. That you're going to inherit houses fully stocked with goods. That you're going to go into cities that you did not build. You're going to have wells that you did not dig. Vineyards you didn't plant. And goods you didn't produce. This is the inheritance of those who put their faith and trust in the Lord.
This is your inheritance. Some of us need to open the pantry of our house back up and look at the inheritance God has given you. Some of us need to open up our heart again and realize that goodness and mercy have been standing there waiting for you to realize that we've been here all along ready to follow you wherever you go. There are wells of the Spirit that you have yet to tap into that you haven't even dug, but it's been dug by those that have gone before us. That is an overflow. You're living in the absolute overflow of the prayers of of people that have gone before you. There are wells that you're going to tap into that's going to be like fresh water in a dry valley. It's going to produce streams where there was none. It's going to produce avenues where there was none. Because it's where God opens gates that we didn't think were possible. It's opportunities God will throw open. It's the business idea you have that suddenly God throws the gate open. You're like, how did this happen? How are we getting here? It's the thing that you're dealing with with your relationship. And suddenly you wake up and it's like, there's a peace of God about it. You're dealing with a sickness and suddenly you wake up and the pain's gone. The problem isn't there. You go to the doctor and the doctor's report says, I don't know what you're talking about. There is no mass. There is no thing. There is no issue. There is no infection. There is no problem. Because there's gates that God opens that we don't have any control of. But don't miss what, it, what God is doing right now because you don't believe it is possible. The third and final gate today. The third and final gate is the house gate. Peter finally wakes up, comes to his senses, and he's like, you know where I need to go? You know where the people are praying. The problem with these people that were praying is they were praying to pray, not praying with belief. Let me ask the question to you. Are you praying just to pray? To check a box? Say, I did my first 15? Or when you pray, are you praying with the belief that God can do anything? I want to change the DNA of our church today. There's a heart within me today that is just bursting at the seams. I have seen the miraculous. I have seen the power of God. And I want you to see it too. I want you to awaken to a reality and a life that God created you to live. The book of Acts is not just for Peter, James, and Paul. It is for you and me living in 2023. And the things that happened then can happen now. Why? Because this is the blueprint of the church today. And oftentimes we're praying more in doubt than we are in faith. You know what I'm talking about when you pray in doubt? God, could you? God, I just desperately need this. And deep down inside, you know full and well that you don't believe He can. Because somewhere along the way, you have locked down inside of you that God can't answer your prayers. Because of the things you've done, experienced, been through. And instead of praying in belief, we're praying with doubt. And today I'm breaking that chain off of you. That internal limitation is coming off that when you start opening your mouth to pray, you have the very verbal keys to unlock the kingdom that's ahead of you. The house gate has to be open when you pray in faith, not in doubt. Don't get so spiritual that you miss what is happening right in front of you. Ah, it's not Peter, it's an angel. No, 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 it's Peter. It's Peter. Victory happens when you throw open the house gate. Victory happens when you just throw it open. 
See, the house gate is the very things that you have been so guarded against that you refuse to allow in. The prison gate is the things that are in that you refuse to let out. The house gate is the things that you refuse to let in. I refuse to let in new relationships because I've been hurt by old ones. I refuse to let in new opportunities because I've been disappointed in old ones. I refuse to let in victory now because I have lost battles before. Does this make sense to anybody? I I don't know if I'm going to get, I don't know if I can allow healing to come into my life because I've prayed for healing before and I haven't been healed. so, So maybe that gate needs to stay shut. Now, trust me today, folks, there are some things that you absolutely need to guard your house against. There is perversion in this world that you need to put a gate up against. There are political ideas that you need to put a gate up against. There are, there are indoctrinations in our school system that you need to put a gate up against. You need to guard your mind about things you watch, things you read, things you listen to. You need to put the gate up. But don't get so caught up in putting up gates that you forget to open them up to the things God has for you. Don't get so caught up in dying on your no that you forget how to ever say yes. There are things of the Spirit that God wants to impart into your life, but you have to take the key to the gate of your house and say, whatever you have, wherever you go, whatever you'll do, I'm open. That's why I begin every message with saying, my mind is open. My heart is ready. I believe it. I receive it. Do it, Jesus. Why do I say that? Because I'm trying to throw open the gates that are locked and barred. The guards that we have set in place to keep things out. And the enemy has convinced you. Don't Don't let God in. He'll reveal some secrets about you. Don't let them see the real you. Don't let them see the intentions of your heart. Don't let them see the bad side. Don't let them see that you're not okay. Don't let them see that you're wounded. Don't let them see that that you're not perfect. Don't let them see that you can't make ends meet. Don't let them see it. And deep down inside, you're guarding the thing. And all the time, you're preventing the Spirit of God from moving on the inside. Because you put up the gates on the outside. And Peter is knocking on the door. And you're like, it's just an angel. It's not. It's a figment of my imagination. This thing isn't real. It's a false reality. And all the while, God is knocking at your door saying, if you'll just let me in. It's what Revelation says. Revelation 3 and 20 says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. God is not coming in to steal your life. He's coming in to give you a life more abundant than you could dream or imagine. He's not coming in to take your dining room set. He's coming to sit and prepare a table with you as a friend. He's not coming to destroy you. He's not angry at you. God's not mad at you. God doesn't hate you. God is is for you. He's on your side. He wants the best for your life. He wants to take care of the thing that you are struggling with. And today, it begins as He knocks on the door by you just saying, I'm open.
Jesus prayed for the man. Touched his ears and said, Ephatha, which being interpreted means be open. You've heard me preach about it, but I just felt such a strong Ephatha in the moment today. Be open. Be open. Would you take your hands, put them on your side of your head today? Come on, will you just say, Be open in Jesus' name? Take your hands, put them over your heart today. Be open in Jesus' name. God, give me eyes to see the reality. The thing I'm trying to make sense of, will you let me not miss it? Because I'm so caught up in trying to make sense of something that doesn't make any sense at all. Will you free me from the plague of impossibility and liberate me into the land of the unstoppable? May the keys in our hand open the gates ahead of us. For those that are bound today, I declare deliverance in Jesus' name over you. For those that are caught in cardboard prisons, of our own imaginations, of our own concepts, of our own false realities. May those walls begin to crumble as a fresh well springs up and disintegrates the very cardboard that has walled us in. May we know today that it is not the two chains and the guards that hold us captive, but it is goodness and mercy that is changing the guard post today. That wherever I go, He's there with me. My steps are ordered because I am free. May the gates of the city of opportunity, of potential, be open wide today. Father, may we see with fresh eyes today the new reality and world that you're walking us into. May we have the courage and boldness to step into. We've been hesitant, but no longer today. We won't be hesitant any longer. We will get up quickly, get dressed, and follow you wherever you go. And Father, this this house gate. We've barred so many things. Been so resistant. What if the Spirit takes over me and I can't control myself? What, what if I cry and they see my weakness? What if I raise my hands and, and, and they see that I'm struggling? What, what if? So today, Father, I pray against the what ifs and the nagging, incessant fear that is plaguing your people today. Would you remove that construct today? Break through those walls as we unlock the house gate for more of you and realize that you've been standing outside. It's not a figment of our imagination or just another moment of disappointment, but this is you and you're willing to come in and eat with us as a friend. And today, today we're open for you. 
We want more of you. We want more of you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm going I'm to do something very bold and brave that I don't think I've ever done before. But if you're battling with one of those gates, you're dealing with a prison gate, a city gate, or a house gate, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If you're battling with one of those gates, would you stand to your feet today? You stand to your feet today. You can't see it, but there's people standing up all over this room. Come on, the Holy Spirit's waiting on you to stand. There's that, there's that drawing right now in this moment. No one's looking at you. No one thinks that you're less than. No one Holy Spirit's like there's a prison and if you want to if you want to be free then get up if you want to be free will you stand up if you want to be liberated and you want to see a new reality a new hope you want to be free from the past you want to be free from the problem and the offense and the wound and the depression you want to be free get up get up get up all over this house. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm going to keep saying it. It's time to get up. Get up. Now, those of you that are up, will you lift your hand straight into heaven and say, I believe it. I receive it. Do it, Jesus. And now, why don't you just go ahead and thank Him for what He's doing in your life. All over this room, there is a miracle that is taking place. Chains are falling off of your lifted hands. Chains are falling off of your lifted hands today. Come on, there is nothing that can hold you back. There is no gate. You are unstoppable. You're unstoppable. Come on, church, will you say it? I am unstoppable. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. God bless you.